0: shake the room fire nation a jld here and welcome to episode 1753 of eo fire right chat with entrepreneurs on fire seven days a week and knock over that domino start your chain reaction of awesome with the freedomjournal.com. now let's chat with today's featured guest kabir sagal kabir are you prepared to ignite
1: Yes, sir. Yes.
0: Kabir works in strategy at a Fortune 500 company and is an ex-VP at J.P. Morgan. He is a New York Times bestselling author of eight books, including Coined and Home, a book of poetry written with Deepak Chopra. He is a multi-Grammy award winner and U.S. Navy veteran. Kabir, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. (laughs)
1: <laughs> my personal life is, is I relax by creating work, and uh, some of my best friends are the ones that I work on creative projects with musicians, artists, writers. I love uh, building relationships around projects.
0: So one thing I want to talk about specifically today with you, Kabir, is your area of expertise. So you've done a lot over the years, but what would you say your area that you are most competent in, in life is right now?
1: Uh, John, I think probably doing more than one thing, uh, working more than one career is what I'm, what I've gotten really good at is hand- juggling many balls and executing across uh, jobs that are somehow have nothing to do with each other, but I find that they do. And uh, I think that's my expertise, why I should have more than one career.
0: And I do love that because that's diversification. That's not putting all of your eggs in one basket. But what don't we know? as entrepreneurs, the listeners of this show? like What don't we know about that type of diversification that we probably should?
1: Well, a couple of things. I think first, um, you can subsidize your skill development. Like A lot of folks want to you know, go, start their, you know, go start a startup and strike out for their own. But you should realize probably one of the skills or one of the assets you have while you have a job is, is your paycheck, right? And so for me, I've worked at an investment bank for eight years um, at J.P. Morgan. And I had this you know wonderful paycheck coming in, and I was able to use that paycheck to start producing records, uh, all kinds of records, jazz records, classical records and I became the one guy in a space, a big fish in a small pond, where you know I created value for myself that I really enjoyed this music, and all of a sudden jazz musicians and classical musicians were coming to me and saying, "Hey, how can I?" How could I um, work with you? And I started funding a lot of their projects, which were eventually recognized by the Recording Academy and hence winning a few Grammys. And the reason I say, you know, maybe people know this, but subsidizing your skill development, meaning, meaning that you can, you know, take what you have, which is your paycheck, and then not get paid on a second profession to gain the skills that you need to gain and learn to get good at it. So I didn't know how to produce records. I just started volunteering because I, I could afford to do it. And after, you know, producing a dozen records, I now have a skill set of producing uh, albums at a high level.
0: Now, how do you decide what to do next? I decide
1: what to do next uh, in, in two different ways. The first is, you know, can whatever project I'm taking on uh, make the news? Uh, what I mean by that is. Um, I'm talking specifically about my creative projects, my books, and my albums. Is it making kind of a social impact or is it uh, or is it interdisciplinary? What I mean by that is when people come to me and you know, my publisher says, you should write another book, or my artist says, can we do another album? I think about, well, why would this be covered on CNN? Why would this be something that's unique and adding value in a different way? Because I'm not just going to write another book or write another, write another or produce another song. I want to do something that Um, is interdisciplinary, that takes one thing and jams it up with another. I'll give you an example. I recently wrote an opera on the European financial crisis. And so there's plenty of operas out there. And I decided to take what I was working on at work in investment banking, the European financial crisis, which is you know the Greek debt crisis, and turn that into a jazz opera where you have the three tenors, Sarkozy, Berlusconi, and Papa Andrea, the, the European leaders, singing about financial austerity. <laughs> and so I try to do these uh, projects where I'm taking one thing, jazz music, um, and jamming it up with the European financial crisis. So it creates sort of this intersectional idea where you're competing with yourself And you're really uh, creating something that hasn't been heard or done before.
0: Now, do you think this is a good model for most people to follow or is just this kind of like a Kabir specialty?
1: I think it's a great model for a lot of people to follow because a lot of people, you know, they get their domain and they think about, you know, improvements, what we call incremental ideas. How do you improve this product five percent or ten percent? how do you but the real like profound innovations and this is you know what Steve Jobs talks about is when you can take something that doesn't belong with something else and, and bring them together that's really where you create a new genre or create a new industry um, He did that several times over with the many of his innovations so I'll encourage you to and this this happens through having a disparate uh, set of friends and having a, a group of people that are in different circles that you're, you're commingling with. So at any dinner time conversation, I'll have uh, investment bankers, military officers, and, and musicians, and there's this incredibly rich diversity of stimulus that we can combine and, and work together on projects. I think anyone can do this, and you'll start to see when you start to pursue ideas that don't belong together, you'll, only, you'll start competing with yourself because you're the only one doing it.
0: And it's good to be in that blue ocean fire nation, and I'm really finding actually that to be the case. You mentioned Steve Jobs, but you know also with Travis at Uber, where you know I'm reading this book Wild Ride and. It's talking about how there there came this point within Uber where they were just kind of like fixing bugs and just like making these small, tiny, incremental improvements. And finally, like they brought on this CEO or this um, COO that really challenged that and said, hey, what are we doing here? Like, are we just like trying to make this app a little less buggy or are we trying to change the world? And, you know, that's when they started saying, okay, let's go after like driverless cars and, you know, delivering food to the moon and stuff along these lines. And that's when you can just make these huge impacts, Fire Nation. Don't always just think incrementally. Now, Kabir, let's kind of talk about your journey, because it's been an interesting one because of its diversity and and all the different things that you've done. What would you pinpoint as your worst entrepreneurial moment to date? Tell us that story.
1: My worst entrepreneurial story to date was I was in um, India right after graduate school, and I started a company with a friend of mine. It was sort of like a, a Facebook for India, if you will, you know, around... Uh, yeah. People pursuing pursuing education, and we thought I could we could clone the idea and tweak it. So we started the company, and we ra- we quickly ran out of money. My partner and I, I then moved to um, back to America to take a job writing computer code at an investment bank, and uh, I felt sort of like a sellout that I had this big corporate job and I was setting my paychecks to subsidize my friend in India to develop this this uh, website. And we eventually got an offer to sort of. Acquire and invest in our company uh, from a big multinational corporation, and we declined it, and because uh, we thought we could have made more money. And then a year or two later was the credit crisis, and the company fizzled, and I was stuck writing, you know, banal emails to clients at at an investment bank. So I felt really like I had sold out. I felt that I had wanted to, wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I um, ended up um, kind of failing and, and losing my company and a lot of money uh, as a result.
0: Well, you can look back on that now, and there have been a lot of lessons learned, I'm sure, on your journey, but specifically, what's the one lesson you want to make sure our listeners get from that moment?
1: Do the work, do the research before you start the uh, company because you know we realized that the Indian online advertising market was actually pretty small, like it was only a hundred million dollars at that point, which is like what Google makes in a day or something like that. And so we didn't, we just thought it'd be interesting just to go and pursue this idea. And we were really built, um, bought into the founder's myth that through like hard work and hustle, you can uh, make it happen. And we did to a point, but we didn't do the research of like sizing the opportunity. We didn't understand. The idea of understand how to do product development well. We just didn't have the experience, so I would say before you and, and our team was pretty it was a pretty rookie team too. So say before you start something, do the research, and that might seem sort of hackneyed advice, but also remember that like you know there's there's a heuristic that we, all entrepreneurs operate by, which is called the availability heuristic, which is most of us have overconfidence that we're going to succeed. Like eight, eight out of ten companies are not. Don't succeed by in, in the first eighteen months, so it's probably not going to work. So I think a healthy dose of, of pessimism and skepticism is probably a good thing before you go strike out on your own path.
0: Now that goes against something that you said earlier about being early to market and about you know really going where people aren't already because you know obviously you were a little too early in the Indian market for that. So how do you kind of marry that those two mindsets?
1: I'm able to do all the stuff I can do because I have a paycheck and because I'm I'm getting uh, multiple income streams for my uh, from all these different jobs that I work because I think you know you should have at least two careers but if you don't have that which is you know my friend and I didn't have that initially for my company it's it's a very long runway and so before you go strike out you need to make sure you have the resources and maybe the paycheck i would even say that you know keep working your day job and get get that company going before you make the jump
0: Kabir, let's talk about one of your greatest ideas that you've had to date. I mean, you've had a lot throughout your journey, but maybe dial in on one aha moment. That'd be a good story to share with Fire Nation today.
1: Well, I got bored with my uh, day job at J.P. Morgan, so I called a military recruiter and I said, I'd like to join the military. And they said, uh, great, you know, sign here. So I got commissioned <laughs> as an officer in the U.S. Navy Reserve. And... Uh, I was sort of a fish out of water um, going to the military. I showed up to my first drill in a black. This is pre-Uber, and like, as, as a Wall Street banker in a black car, and I had him, you know, drop me off away from the entryway so people wouldn't look at me in some kind of weird way. But I ended up joining the military because I thought I wanted to do something bigger than myself and contribute in a meaningful way. And I eventually. <clears throat> Uh served on active duty in the Middle East, and I started to learn a lot of sort of military efficiencies to um, to do my job better, uh, my civilian job better. And that was sort of like one thing I – one of the aha moments was how <clears throat> how the military structures email, right? So the military uh, uses email, like code words in the, in the subject line of emails to have precision when you're writing someone. And what I mean by that is when you send an email to someone – you should have a subject with keywords like action if something is really compulsory for the recipient to take some action or just info for, for informational purposes only. And that means like people don't have to get back to you. And so I started writing my emails with, with a lot more efficiency. And um, there's, a, there's something the military teaches. And this is an aha moment because I started to get more effective and efficient in communications. Uh, something the military uses is called the bluff, the bottom line up front where military professionals should like start their emails with a short staccato statement known as a bluff or you know just i call it a bottom line so even in my day job i start all my emails with bottom line in caps lock and then i write the sentence and i highlight it so everyone knows what is the purpose of this communication and it's had the ripple effect and a lot of my colleagues now are starting to do that and why is this an aha moment because we spend so much time communicating with each other i realize that i've been able to cut the back and forth chatter uh, based on my military training of how to communicate with one another.
0: So maybe summing this up for us, like, what do you think the one takeaway that our listeners can really walk away with from that aha moment that you had?
1: Put yourself in more difficult positions that you want to be. There's no reason I had to join the military. um, But when you do so, you're going to learn things like how to structure email, how to uh, learn from different types of people. It's important to make yourself Like when you're feeling too comfortable, that's when you're not growing. And so I would say the one piece of advice is like, you know, make yourself make yourself more difficult, make your life more difficult than it needs to be, because then you'll be in a place where you're pushing yourself to learn new skills uh, that can drive you forward.
0: Fire Nation, if you're not pushing the envelope, if you're not trying new things, if you're not getting outside of that comfort zone, which, by the way, is where all the magic happens then you're not living and you know I look in the mirror at least once a week and say like what's something that I've done recently that's like freaked me out that's made me scared that's you know pushed my envelope and if I can't come up with something quick then I know I gotta figure something else out because you know this is important for the growth of what we're doing in life. Now for you Kabir what would you say you're most excited about today of all the things you have going on?
1: Just wrote a book of poetry, uh, which which is weird because with Deepak, right? With Deepak, right? Exactly. And I'm about to do to do a meditation event with him later today, so I'm preparing. And uh, you know, it was it was interesting. I'd never written really poetry before, and it's you know, I had like like two months to work with him on poetry. And so, how do you get good at something really quickly? So I just started reading. I, I spent turned all my weeks into like poetry sessions where I went in new york to poetry jams and uh, i spoke with poets i read like several books and then i just started writing and i realized like you know when it comes to a lot of this i let the uh, quantity uh take care of itself meaning like, i focused on quantity not quality and eventually i've written so much poetry now that after seven revisions, they're not so bad, and I hope you won't laugh when it comes out. But I'm really excited about it because the the project's about immigration, and you know, it's about you know remembering that it's not a really political project, but it's about all the poems are inspired by different immigrants who've come to America, and it's basically the sharing that hey, we're all a country of immigrants, and it's been it's been remarkable to work with one of our nation's leading lights in Deepak yeah. Chopra.
0: Now, if Fire Nation wanted to go quick and check it out, where would that be?
1: On Amazon, the project is called Home, H O M E, where everyone is welcome, and it's poems and songs. We actually turned some of the poems into songs where Deepak is singing, and I'm singing on the production. And, um, you know, we, we like the title because Home has that word om in the middle of it. Yeah. It's kind of a spiritual journey. I
0: like that. Well, Fire Nation, you think you've been getting some value bombs thus far. You just wait for the lightning round as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. Fire Nation, can I ask you a personal question? Are you suffering from (laughs) LBNI? Don't feel scared. That's just an acronym for learning but never implementing. You know I love my acronyms. If your answer is yes, then great news. My friend, Billy Jean, has the perfect solution. Grab a pen or turn on some major memory power. On August 31st, 2017, Billy Jean is hosting a private workshop for marketers and entrepreneurs at the Hard Rock Hotel in downtown San Diego. He's laying it all on the table and has one goal in mind to have every attendee leave with a Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube ad ready to launch. What? So if you're ready to kick LBNI to the curb, visit buildadswithbilly.com and reserve your spot today. This workshop is almost sold out, so be sure to check it out at buildadswithbilly.com. If you're a landlord, then you know there are a lot of moving pieces when it comes to keeping your business running smoothly, like making sure your tenants have great credit, that they pay their bills on time, and of course, that they're going to pay you on time. Great news is, there's a company that can help. Smart Move will help you find out what you don't know about your rental applicants, and right now, you can save 25% off your next Tenant screening. Smart Move is accessible from any of your mobile devices. They give you real reports, including credit reports and criminal background checks, and they're all about fast results. Reports are delivered within minutes. If you own a rental property or know someone who does, try Smart Move so you don't find out the hard way that a prospective tenant is a risk. Visit TenantScreening.com. Enter code FIRENATION, that's all one word, and get 25% off your next screening. That's TenantScreening.com, code FIRENATION, all one word. With Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, and great tenants. Kabir, are you ready to rock the lightning rounds?
1: Fast and furious, let's
0: do it. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: I would, say, I would say initially uh, my parents because uh, they were uh, you know they wanted me to get a day job and, and put food on the table and I'm not you know I'm trying to blame them in in some ways if if anyone else were parents who we want our children to to take care of themselves but I eventually realized that uh, you got to strike out for your own and uh, you got to do what's right for yourself you can't listen to your parents so much and that's why I chose the military because they were not supportive and I wanted to do something on my own.
0: <laughs> what's the best advice you've ever received?
1: To give other people credit, um, my godfather uh, Andrew Young, who was the former mayor of Atlanta, he said, "Look, you can get anything done as long as you give other people credit. Don't get hung up on the on the messenger. Just get hung up on the idea, and you start to realize that the more you're uh, putting people and you know, giving people credit on ideas, projects, uh, albums, books, whatever it is, use that to drive your ideas, and don't get attached to the credit of a project because then it may not happen."
0: What's a personal habit that contributes to your success?
1: I get an email every day sent to me. It's like an automatic email. Um, and I get three of them, actually. One of them says, uh, did you do 50 sit-ups today and 50 push-ups? <laughs> because that's what I need to do to maintain my physical readiness for the military. So I do that every day. The second thing uh, email that comes across is, did you write 250 words a day? Because I'm working on a book. And so I just need to keep on, uh, keep on making that happen. The third email that I get is... Uh, did you, uh, you know, it's, it's a work-related email. Did you do something for my day job? And so I, I do that. So those three emails every day, look, I, I remain physically fit. I make progress towards my book, and I, I do impactful things for my for my day job.
0: Is that like email, that third email, is that necessary? Like, oh, yeah, I, I have a day job. And I gotta. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: Kabir, what tool do you use specifically to get those emails? I use Basecamp. Basecamp. So they just send them out to you. Yeah, exactly. I love this tool called Boomerang, which is actually Gmail compliant. So, like, you can uh, boomerang email messages to yourself that come like every day at certain times. You can, like, have them, you know, sent out at a later date. It's it's a really cool tool like that. So, that's that's cool to hear. And speaking of resources, um, do you have another one that you'd recommend for Fire Nation?
1: Yeah, I like this website. It's called AL Daily, ALDaily, uh, ALDaily.com, <clears throat> Arts and Letters Daily. And why do I uh, choose that? It's because I think it's really important to read off syllabus. I mean, all of us are reading the same thing, listening to the same shows. It's important to have something that you're like, that no one else is reading or very few people are reading. And so Arts and Letters Daily is basically, for me, it's a way to understand what the literati you're talking about. So you can hear about, you know, what Thoreau said back in the day or uh, Allen Ginsberg or there's a story today on the history of the closet. Ooh. And I realized... Yeah, and it it goes back to the 15th century Italy. And it's like, it's important to read off syllabus because that's where you get fresh ideas and that's where you can take things and tuck them away from later and say, look, this is... uh And you never know, but this knowledge pops up, and I've always. It also prepares you well for for trivial pursuit if you're playing.
0: (laughs) I love that specifically because you know we live in this world now where we're all just like Alexa, flash brief, and we all get like you know the same two minute tidbit of what's happening in this world, and it's just like okay, now we all know the exact same thing, so you know that's going to be great water cooler talk or not. Uh, If you could recommend one book, Kabir, to join, of course, coined in home (laughs) on our bookshelves. What would that book be?
1: Omni-Americans. It's written by Albert Murray, and uh, he's a he, you know, kind of an underappreciated African American writer. He died a few years ago, and the book is really about you know the American experience and how, especially in this period of our country, about how you know African Americans are part of the American experience, Indian Americans are part of the American experience, and I've, this book has really been a compass for me over the last many years because I partner with so many different types of people. It sort of teaches you about other experiences and how that's part of the American experience. And this goes back to reading off syllabus. Like you can read the Peter Thiel's. You can read all that stuff. But if you want to be interesting, read interesting things. And that gives you like more in-depth conversations with people where you can build real connectivity. And The Omni-Americans is a good book to start because you'll you'll rediscover an alternate and very um, raw history of America.
0: So let's talk about coin just for a second, because I'm kind of curious. Because you know, we got your backgrounds about why or how you chose your how you choose your projects, and you're very kind of deliberate with that. And you know, coined is the rich life of money and how its history has shaped us. Why do you choose this topic, this concept to write about?
1: Uh, John, I started at J.P. Morgan just a few months before the credit crisis began, and uh, you know, people were losing their jobs and in some cases, you know, their, their houses and even their lives. And I was like, why are people acting so irrationally or bizarrely with money? So then I started on a, you know, four year long quest traveling to over 25 countries as part of my day job and researching this topic of money and coined is not just a history of money. Um, it's a evolutionary you know, biological look at money where it looks at, you know, when I mention the word money, your listeners are getting electrical current. Uh, set through their skin Uh, there there's a physiological change yeah exactly so there's biological there's neurological reasons i also talk about the future and what does science fiction say about money what are we going to be doing 500 years from now so it's a really it's a biography of money and the reason i wanted to do it is i wanted to be the banker who had who understood the topic from like this 360 degree lens and i wrote this you know Treaties on money, and you know, din- during my, my meetings with investment managers, I was able to sort of tell them about something they never knew about mm. about ups- the obscure things on the money, um, you know, walking trivial pursuit on uh, <laughs> brain on money, and so it was just a way of learning the situation I was in. And I've always realized, like, if you want to like learn about something, like write about it because it's going to clarify your mind. And I thought I just want to learn about this credit crisis, and I ended up writing this. Opus on money
0: now does this book have anything to do with uh Bitcoin or blockchaining at all
1: It does it you know it goes through that, but I put it in the historical context of you know Bitcoin is a um is an alternate technology, and you know the thought that like you know at the time I was writing it, there was just all this like um paranoia but also, right. also hyperbole that's going to take over the dollar that's just not going to happen because over the five thousand years of history um a monetary history, which I looked at, looked at, the person issues the money, the government like really seeds that power. And in fact, you know, Mayor Rothschild said, I don't care who makes the rules, I just want to make the money. And, <laughs> and so if you're in charge of making money, that's the one power you have. I should say, though, the point I do make that I think some people may not understand what Bitcoin is it's not as much a currency as it is a technology. And so that's what I mean by that is like if you want to send a if i wanted to send you an mp3 not just a copy of it but transfer the mp3 file to you using the big, bitcoin blockchain protocol i could transfer ownership to you and uh, all of a sudden like we use this technology to like you know do an authenticated transfer without a middle broker and that has implications for middle parties uh, brokers and middle, middlemen throughout the world so don't think of bitcoin as a currency you're not going to go to starbucks and use bitcoin it just doesn't it doesn't solve a big problem but you may actually start start doing file transfers and selling your car and anything digitally over Bitcoin, and that's where it's like it solves a computer science problem, and that's what really the innovation is there.
0: Well, Kabir, this has been pleasant, so let's end on fire with you giving us a parting piece of guidance the best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye
1: Parting piece of guidance is I would just say when you're um, back to my back to my uh, military <laughs> item because I think it is really practical yeah. is. Make sure when you you write the emails. I've written written on this. Um, I wrote an HVR piece on this, which did did quite well. Uh, when you structure this email, make sure you put those keywords in the email, and make sure you write a bottom line up front to your emails. And all of a sudden, you're going to create ripple effects for your organization.
0: Okay, just and real quick, just because I'm still yeah. like I'm like there grasping that idea, but just one more time, break it down for us.
1: In the subject of the email, there's kind of keywords that the military uses. So action for. If you want some kind of action to happen because of your email, um, sign. Right, in all caps, like S I G N. If you need something, someone to sign something, um, info I N F O. If you're just sending an email, this is a lot. Like if you know, John, you send me a lot of emails as well. So you can yeah. write info info if you just want me to know something rather than me trying to work out the purpose of the email. Ah. Um, or like you know, requests if you want me to buy a uh, a um, lot, uh, you know a digital voice recorder or headphones type request by this equipment for this interview. Right. So this is real practical advice for you, John too. So, um, but also, and then at, at the type at, at the, at the beginning of the email, right. Bottom line, and then figure out what is it you're trying to communicate with this email? Because all of a sudden you're going to like save people's time uh, mm. when they, when they,
0: Read it. Well, Fire Nation, I hope you're listening to this because I get emails by the hundreds and sometimes when they're just like three paragraphs long, I can't hunt for that single meeting. I don't have time to like, you know, line by line, read this entire email when there's hundreds of them behind it. But if people would just put that, you know, right at the beginning, boom, like what's the one subject thing? And then if it's something that I know, hey, this, this this makes sense. Like this is something I'm going to answer. And then I'll either read the email or at least just provide an answer and, and be able to respond. So love that feedback. And Kabir, the best way to connect with you? Uh,
1: on my website, kabir, www.kabir.cc. It has all the links, emails, Facebooks to connect
0: with me. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with KS and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And head over to eofire.com, type Kabir, that's K-A-B-I-R, in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been chatting about today. These are the best show notes in the biz, timestamps, links galore. Of course, go directly to kabir.cc, and don't forget to... to check out coined i've actually already sent uh, that amazon to my kindle as we've been chatting here today and home which is the poems and songs that kabir has done with deepak chopra so uh, some great things going on there and kabir thank you brother for sharing your journey with fire nation today for that we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Kabir today. And uh, productivity, discipline, and focus are my three greatest strengths, and they can be yours too. Visit themasteryjournal.com. Master all three skills in 100 days. I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on. Wait for it. The flip side. And oh yeah, real quick. Use promo code podcast for a little discount on The Mastery Journal as a thank you for listening to the podcast. Don't find out the hard way that a prospective tenant is a risk. If you own a rental property or know someone who does, try SmartMove. Visit TenantScreening.com, enter code FIRENATION, that's all one word, and get 25% off your next screening. That's TenantScreening.com, code FIRENATION. With SmartMove, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. If you suffer from learning but never implementing, then great news. My friend Billy Jean has the cure because on August 31st, 2017, he's hosting a private workshop for marketers and entrepreneurs, and he's got one goal in mind, to have every attendee leave with a Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube ad ready to launch. Visit buildadswithbilly.com and reserve your spot today.